Um, how old do you think Chadwick Boseman is? Hmm. You know, that is a tough question <laughs> because I always underguess yeah. with like attractive yep. black people. Yep. How old do you think? Would you, how old do you think he looks? Yeah, I would say he looks. I would say he looks twenty-eight. <laughs> how old is he? He's forty. No. Yeah. No, yes. Lucas. Yes. Lucas. Oh, this happens to me every time. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime. Hold your ears. Oh, here we go. See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. In addition to talking about what we're feeling this week, today we are talking about Marshall, the newest film by director Reginald Hudlin, starring Chadwick Boseman and Josh Gad. But before we dive into that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, what should Chadwick Boseman's next biopic be? I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. That is a great question, Lucas, because, yeah, he's really racking them up lately. Um, yes. Uh, the person I picked for him to do a biopic about is someone that I don't know a lot about, um, I'm, I'm admitting, but that's why I think it would be a great... Um, thing to do a biopic about him because people need to know more about this person um, and I need to learn more about this person. Um, I think it would be cool if he were to do a biopic about Alvin Alley or Ailey. I don't even know how it's pronounced to be honest. Um, but he was a, a choreographer and activist um, who was like really a big influencer in like modern dance. Um, mm. uh, Obama after he he died in the 80s um, from AIDS, um, and in 2014, Obama was, um, awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, and I just think that, like, Chadwick Boseman playing, like, a dancer um, that was mm-hmm. also an activist, that's a movie I would love to see. So, <laughs> um, and it, so much about his story seems ripe for a biopic. Um yeah. So that's yeah. my pick. That's awesome. Um, I'm Lucas Schreider, designer in the Bay Area, and I really want a biopic of Bill Pickett, one of the first black, not not one of the first black cowboys, but one of the f- first famous uh, black cowboys. He was mm. a Wild West show performer, um, and I think he's one of the f- he's the first black person in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Um, but his, I think he would be interesting as a cowboy, and I think it would be a lot of fun to see that. Yeah, I agree with that. He has that like swagger that uh, that yeah. cowboys definitely yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. I th- I also want to see him play a bad guy eventually. Maybe not in a biopic or anything like that. But I sure. feel like like honestly, I think a black mafia family about the Detroit drug cartel. I think that would be interesting mm, and yeah. an interesting role for him to be involved in something like that. Because uh, I mean, with with all of his biopics, he's playing obviously like great famous people. But <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm just gonna it's, say uh, that 
while we're at it, let's get him in a rom-com. You know, like, let's just get That's that true. done Let's with. just put him in everything. Let's do I, it. I am all for him being in lots <laughs> I'm, of I'm things, glad that we've but... decided to do this, Lucas, and that it's going yeah. to happen, for we're, sure. We're, we're doing it. We are now producing all Chadwick Boseman movies, so... <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Every week we like to talk about something we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week, whether it be a movie, television, web series, anything, just a random collection of stories, maybe. (laughs) Sandra, what are you feeling this week? Okay. I was going to talk about one specific movie, but then I started consuming so much pop culture that was all very similarly themed. And so I thought I would talk about multiple items this week. I'm cheating a little bit. So this week, I'm feeling storytelling about queer women. Um, What kind of started this all off was I went and saw Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Um, I'm so angry at myself for seeing this movie so late in its run. I know here in Nashville, it's not showing anymore. Um, But I'm angry because I wish I would have saw it earlier so that I can tell people about how great of a movie this is and try to get people into the theater. Um, This movie blew me away. It's one of the most beautiful love stories I've seen in film in a really long time. Um, It's possibly the sexiest movie I've ever seen. It's about... uh, the figure, the man who created the comic books, Wonder Woman. Um, and it's about him and creating Wonder Woman but and the women who inspired that character who happened to be his wife and his live-in lover. Um, there's not a lot of accurate documentation about what the dynamic between the three of them was like in real life. So this filmmaker... Um, kind of took what she knew about them as a family unit and crafted her version of a love story between the three of them. So this movie is not a documentary. It's not um, a telling of all these facts about these three people. It's really kind of um, an imagining about what this love story could have looked like because we really don't know what this story really looked like. In this film, Professor Marston and his wife are professors uh, in the 20s, I believe. And they meet and both fall in love with a college student of theirs. And the college student falls in love right back. And it's about the three of them trying to figure out how does a three-person relationship work? Um, how How do we live our truth in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. Um, And ultimately, what it's also about is this love story, not only between the three of them, but between these two women. Um, And that was such a powerful, powerful story for me to see. Um, These two women falling in love with each other when everything in their society is telling them they absolutely shouldn't. The fact that they're both women, the fact that they're both, they both have significant others. Um, so many different reasons that why, of course they should never be together. And yet they're so strongly drawn towards each other. I, I, I was blown away by this movie. Like I said, it was one of the sexiest movies I've ever seen. This movie is not that explicit, but it is incredibly sexy. And 
I don't even know if I want to say any more to ruin the the reasons why it's sexy, but um, if you are interested in queer stories and love stories and um, displays of sex positivity, this is an amazing movie to see. So that was like kind of what started this all off. Um, but then I saw Battle of the Sexes, and that just kind of continued this trajectory for me. Um, <laughs> Emma Stone is incredible in this movie. I loved it, and I loved her, like, battle off the court in this movie is just as interesting um, as her battle with Steve Carell on the court, and... I, I loved watching it. And Emma Stone, man, she really is just proving herself to be one of the best actresses of our generation. Um, okay, so I'm going to round this out with two songs that have also kind of followed suit in this theme that I can't stop listening to. One is very obvious and one is not so obvious to fit into this. Um, the not so obvious one is is Taylor Swift's new single, Gorgeous. Lucas, have you listened to Gorgeous? Yeah. Okay. Not a fan. Okay. In the slightest. Gorgeous is, I think, a basic song. There's nothing too exciting about it on its, like, face. Um, It feels a little bit more like old Taylor than it does new Taylor, which I can sometimes appreciate. Um, But my the first time I heard this song, my initial interpretation was... Um, it really sounds like she's singing about a woman. Um, the, the language she uses and the lack of pronouns and um, it just really sounds like to me uh, she's someone who has a boyfriend who is really disturbed by the amount of attraction she's feeling for this woman that she's met. Um, and I, that is definitely inter- an attorney an interpretation um but it's one that i think makes the song way more interesting and better and i'm all about um giving the media i consume a better and interest and more interesting interpretation so that's the one i'm sticking with for taylor swift's gorgeous um and then and and i would also say that if you really think about it a lot of her songs um you could put that spin on it that's all i'm saying that like there there's a case to be made um, the final song that I'm going to talk about and the final entry into this category is, um, the song Changing My Major from the musical Fun Home. I saw the musical Fun Home recently. I had a really wonderful time with it, but the highlight of the musical for me is, uh, the song Changing My Major in which our protagonist, um, Allison discovers uh, has sex for the first time with a girl at her school named Joan. Um, I'd love to just play a clip of that right now. I'm changing my major to Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan with a minor in kissing Joan. For and study to Joan's inner thighs, a seminar on Joan's ass in her Levi's, and Joan's crazy brown eyes. I, 
I love how big and broad this song is. It's funny and it's sexy and it's so passionate. And um, I just find myself belting it in my car. I have, it's been on repeat um, ever since I saw the musical. So all of those stories have been magical and fun and heartbreaking and beautiful. And I've, and I've really enjoyed spending a week with all of them. And this will be Sandra's final time on the <laughs> podcast, and she cannot follow the rules and pick one thing for what she's feeling this week. You know, I think I was pretty concise, if I do say so myself. <laughs> oh, man. Have you seen or heard any of those entries, Lucas? I guess Taylor I, Swift. I've heard, t- I've heard Taylor Swift. That is it. Wow, okay. I haven't seen either of the movies or I think or you would also. definitely love Battle of the Sexes. Um and I, I hope you would like Professor Marston, but I know you would like Battle of the Sexes. Yeah. I am very interested in everybody's performances in that movie. I've heard they're really good. Yeah, so. they are. It's it's wonderful. It's on my ever-growing list of sure. movies to see. <laughs> so, we're coming up on that time of year where I started get, got to start packing them in. I mean, that's what this week has been for me because I panicked and realized a ton of the movies I wanted to see were leaving theater. Um, oh. theater so I saw I was seeing a movie almost every single day to try to get them all oh, wow. in oh wow yeah jeez movie pass for the win I know thank god <laughs> this week I am feeling an app called HQ Trivia um, it is from the makers of Vine and it is a live trivia game that is played every day at uh, noon and 6pm pacific time so have you heard of this app at all Sandra not at all okay this is it's interesting because if you like games like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or Jeopardy, this is a lot of fun to get involved with, and it fe- like it is live and it has a real host, and you get a notification at at and you open up the app and you're playing against thousands of people, and for me it's really turned into a fun like party game. So whoever's around at noon every day, uh, which is most of my coworkers, we all just stop what we're doing and start playing this game together (laughs) and it is a fun live trivia game and you can actually win money so every day they have i think usually it's about 250 dollars. so and it's 12 questions and if you get all 12 questions right um you split the pot with whoever else got all 12 questions right which is usually between like three and ten people okay Um, and i don't play a lot of trivia games. I like trivia, but I'm not super good at it. But to me, it's a lot of fun to have this kind of live environment. I probably wouldn't play just a trivia app that's on the phone, but Mm -hmm. having other people around me playing it while I'm playing it um, has been a lot of fun this week. Are are there categories? Um, No. It is just general trivia. Yeah, that's trickier for me. I would do much better categories. Yeah, I'm pretty much useless unless it's pop culture trivia. Yeah, yeah, I get all the pop culture, which is why it's fun to do it as a group. Right. um, Because you can help each other out and stuff like that. I haven't won. Nobody I know has won. (laughs) But there's a lot of very difficult questions that end up coming in there. But um, every game usually starts with uh, where it's been this week has been around like 1,200 people, or sorry, 12,000 people, um, and then you narrow it down to a couple winners. So Right. So it's, it's, I'm very interested to see where they take it. Right now, it's super simple, um, but I feel like they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to do a lot with it. I think they have a lot of plans for it. Um, I think in the future, they're going to do sponsored games, and so the prizes might go up and everything like that, but... 
We'll see. Okay, well, I'm going to start playing this afternoon. Get in on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about our main topic for this week, Marshall. Can't deny me now. Tunnel vision, I know they waiting to tie me down. I'm the one to keep fighting until they lie me down. But you can't stop me now. Uh, now, Sandra, did you know much about Thurgood Marshall going into this movie? No, I've obviously heard his name um, mm-hmm. in, like, I've heard his name in pop culture and in, like, activism circles, but um, I I don't, I couldn't say that I knew much about him or his mm-hmm. story. Yeah, I feel like this movie is a great introduction um, to Thurgood Marshall, and I think something that a lot of biopics should follow i think the more of a like just courtroom drama a slice of this guy's life as opposed to a full biopic Mm -hmm. um because he he thurgood marshall was the first um black u.s supreme court justice Mm -hmm. and he had a lot of interesting cases and there's a lot of life there that you can cover but i think just taking a little slice out of it and just serving that as a story as opposed to a full biopic um, to me is always way more interesting <laughs> and because because you you get to know and uh, you know it's part of the context of the movie what their whole life story is but really I don't want to see like did you see um Edgar J was it J the J Edgar, Edgar I think it's, yeah no I didn't yeah. see that it's just it's so much it's yeah. just going through somebody's entire life I just don't think works really well for a movie mm-hmm. um so overall what did you think of Marshall I had a really great time with it. Um, I tend to love like these courtroom dramas. Um, Mm -hmm. And one thing I really loved about this movie um, is I loved how theatrical the writing was. Um, Not only was it, did it feel like a classic courtroom drama movie? It also really felt like I was watching a play. Um, I, you know, people go are, go back and forth on whether this is a good thing but i always enjoy movies that feel like plays um Mm -hmm. i like plays enough that when i see that on on film i get excited um and this movie really really felt that way to me um which is one of the reasons i liked it so much i agree with you lucas about um having this movie be a slice of life rather than a birth to death biopic um yeah really worked for me and like we mentioned earlier i've watched a lot of biopics this week and i <laughs> and i plan to keep on doing that and um every single time i see a movie about a real person um when it's like this when it's just a slice of their life um i always when, as soon as the movie's done i start googling that person to find out yeah. more about them um yeah. it sparks an interest in that figure that um, I don't know I would if I would do that if the movie was like one of those birth to death stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such an exciting thing that movies can do is that they can spark interest in people whose stories are not as popular and get people like doing research and learning about like that person's actual real life and facts about them versus just what this movie wants to tell you um, or yep. what fits into a storyline. Um and so, yeah, I love that it just focused on a narrow part. Um, I, I'm not saying that this is a bad choice, but I do think it's an interesting choice that of all of the cases that he has, you know, fought and all of the stories that you could tell that this was the one they picked out. Um, 
Yeah. I think that there's, that's very interesting to me. Um, And I think there's positives and negatives to to that choice. Um, But I had a ton of fun watching this movie. Um, It was captivating and entertaining and um, broad, but in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, and and I liked a lot of the performances in this as well. I think Chadwick Boseman is proving himself to be like a mega movie star, and I'm real excited about that. Yeah, I I think like like you said, choosing this trial, I I, I think this mm-hmm. is more a trial that's a turning point for like the NAACP as opposed to specifically Thurgood Marshall, right? Um, and I think how they kind of tie that in is very interesting and um. I was really surprised how much of a movie this was about Sam Friedman, Josh Josh, Josh Gad's character. Right. Um, I for for a movie called Marshall, we spend a whole lot of time with Friedman, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was was a really interesting choice. I don't think it was a bad thing. Um, I I liked how much um, information we got about him and how he was a a, a real character as opposed to. Um, kind of a, a second place person, but I was just not expecting that coming into this movie. Yeah. I think the title really kind of threw off that expectation. If it had yes. a different title, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, that would have helped a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I've got to say, I don't know that I love this title. Um, I, I No, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I think they could have been a little bit more creative. Um also, yeah. because unfortunately, when you think of a movie called Marshall, I think we immediately think of We Are Marshall, and that <laughs> that confusion isn't great. So I wish they no. would have titled it something a little bit different. But um, yeah. I agree with you. Like the the Josh Gad performance in this really is also such a big contributing factor to why I like this movie so much. I am mm-hmm. a big Josh Gad fan. I don't yeah. love everything Josh Gad is in. But I like Josh Gad himself as a performer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this was like a really special role for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's an important role for him. I think based off of this, he'll be allowed to do um, more, not more like serious stuff, because he already does some serious things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, he'll be taken more seriously as an actor because yeah. of a role like this. Um, I think, I, I think in, if we're talking about just performances, I think Chadwick Boseman obviously is fantastic. Of course. Um, talking about kind of that second tier of, of characters, we got Kate Hudson, Sterling K. Brown, and Dan Stevens. Um, man, Dan Stevens plays the uh, the prosecuting lawyer, so obviously more the villain of the, <laughs> this right. film. And I, I love Dan Stevens. I love him and everything. I did think he was just comically... Um, villainous in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he is just the out and out bad guy, and I like his performance was 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 fine. But I, this you the know, whole time I was like, oh man. Like I said, this movie, and and this is not a complaint, but this movie yeah. was very broad in its tone. Yes. And um, yes. So yes, he was like outright villainous, but Chadwick Boseman was also outright like just so suave and heroic, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Kate Hudson's <laughs> character was just so much of a victim, and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and everyone was really dialing up the es- the essence of their performance to a ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I have no idea what Sterling K. Brown was doing in this movie. <laughs> he was he was out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they I really do believe that they all were, which I appreciate so much. I appreciate a movie where everyone's performance level is consistent. You know, that mm-hmm. we don't have yeah. one person you know, perform feeling they like they belong in a different movie. Um yeah. this movie was incredibly consistent in tone and writing in story arcs. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one thing that's interesting about this movie to me, Lucas, and that I haven't felt in a really long time, is that as I was watching this movie, you can feel it in your bones that this movie would be great to show in high schools. Yeah, that's a good thought. Um, I haven't thought about that. Like, I, you know, you remember all those movies that we were shown as children and in high school um, about civil rights, and they have this same similar, like, broad, entertaining quality. Um, you know, you when you want to show kids an educational movie, you don't want it to just be a documentary that, like, lays out the facts. You want it, mm-hmm. you have to give it some humor. You have to give it, like, these big dramatic moments to, like, keep people engaged, um, in the subject matter. And this movie really felt that way. And I love that about it. I think movies like that serve such an important function in society. And this is obviously a story that I would love for the children across America to be more aware of. Um, and so I, I say bravo for that. You know, I'm, I'm, I hope that this is a movie yeah. that a lot of, you know, government and, history teachers will see and think oh i've got to put this on my next mm-hmm. movie day for our yeah. classroom yeah yeah i think i i totally agree i think i think it would work really well in that setting i th- i think my my one complaint for this movie would just be that it almost feels too too broad mm-hmm. um just for i mean I, I think it works really well in that setting of like a classroom, like, you know, high schoolers, that kind of a thing. But it, it felt very, to me, it, f- it felt very basic. Like we're, we're hitting all the points. We are, we, we, there's not a super, there's not a lot of nuance to um, any of this story. It mm-hmm. is very, we're just going to play it, play it, play it as it goes. And it, it, this is almost like the first, um, this is like what you'd get from like a first time screenwriter, I think, who who's, who turns in a really good screenplay, but there's nothing, you know, super um, original about it. It's really good, really well done, uh, but you painted by numbers. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, which is isn't I don't I don't think a bad thing. I just think it's my one complaint that I feel like you could have you could have pushed it a little bit more with this movie. Sure. Um, which is why like if I I liked it i would definitely recommend it i don't think it's a movie that's gonna like stick with me for a very long time yeah that's fair um what was your theater like lucas did you see it at like an empty theater a crowded theater uh empty theater i saw it at like three o'clock in the afternoon okay um and there was like two other people in there um and they're the kind of people that like to talk to the screen yeah so <laughs> yeah so i got some of that my theater <laughs> i wouldn't call it crowded but yeah. The reaction in my theater, it was a small theater, but um, mm-hmm. my theater was into this movie in a way that like yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. There's a lot of great humor in this movie. Um, and the scenes where like 
there was humor to def- like to ease some of the tension. Um, yeah, man, got such a really great reaction. I had a really fun time <laughs> watching it. Um, yeah. Again, it made it really made me think about like if this was in a, a classroom, like having that reaction from a bunch of students. I think would you know be very satisfying. Um, totally. Yeah, uh, my one complaint, and it's you know a pretty specific, is the music in this movie didn't really work for me. Um, there was just yeah, so I didn't ma- even notice the the music. <laughs> there was so many times where it was just a little distracting. Um, oh really? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was very to me, and I, I know I'm not. I'm not going to lay claim to, like, my musical prowess or knowledge. Um, but to me, it just sounded like kind of very generic jazz music. And mm. um, there were points where it just didn't... I don't think it really aided the story. And other points where um, I feel like it distracted me from the story because the music seemed just a little too upbeat for what was happening on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. It just felt like kind of generic transition-y music. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was just one thing that the one thing where I was having such a good time and then I would like really listen to what music was being playing and it w- just wasn't working for me. That was my one complaint I would yeah. have to say. Honestly, that's I yeah I didn't notice the music yeah. at all in yeah, this movie. Yeah, well, good. Um, I think it's pretty for, forgettable. But yeah, I I could I could definitely see that because I do feel like sometimes story wise they did the same thing that you're talking about. They did with the music. They just kind of like almost like ramped it up too much and kind of took you out of it for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah I I think overall I liked it. I think the comedy in it was really good. I do think. Like like you said, like those points where where they do kind of relieve some some of the tension, um, were really well done. Some good physical comedy, mm-hmm. not only from from Josh, Josh Gad, but really from from everybody in this yeah. movie. Um, have you? I, I I am curious to. I've got a couple things I want to talk about in spoilers, um, but I'm curious to see what what you what you think about um, a lot of the I guess not really like B stories, but a lot, a lot of like the, the outside stuff besides the case in this movie. But I'd like to talk about that in spoilers. Okay, let's so. do it. All right. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. The fir- first thing I want to talk about is his wife. Um, yeah. Buster, Buster Marshall. Um, how do you feel like that, played out i did not get much of a reaction from that which i feel like like having the miscarriage mm-hmm. be part of the storyline um i really didn't connect with enough i feel like mainly because we didn't know her well enough like we had like one scene with her yeah um before the miscarriage um and obviously that's like an important part of their life and and you know but i, I also didn't get much of his reaction i guess how that changed how he went through the rest of the case either I think for me, the only reason why that storyline was important for this movie was because uh, Josh Gad's character kind of just continually keeps asserting that, um, you know, you're not affected by this at all. You know, like uh, you're everyone who you're you don't live here. This is affecting our lives. It's not affecting yours. You're just going to leave. And it's and and almost implying like you're not sacrificing anything by being a part of this case. 
Um, yeah. And we as an audience know that that's not true. You know, he's sacrificing being with his wife while she's pregnant. Um, and he's sacrificing being there for her when she goes through this miscarriage. And then just ha- being with her in general, you know. Um, he's sacrificing, like, time spent building a family, you know. And, um, and so we know... Yeah, that he, of course he's sacrificing something by being here. That this isn't just, um, that he's affected by his presence in this case. Um, even though Josh Gad doesn't seem to, like, make that connection. Yeah. Um, That's a really good point. I would agree that, like, it did feel a little, like, thrown in there. Um, Uh I don't know that if, that it was woven the best into the story. Um, but I do see its importance. Good. Yeah, I I I like that. I like that interpretation of it because yeah. I, I do I do see how that that works into it. But yeah, yeah, how um, it was woven in definitely didn't work out well for me. Did you stay till the very end credits, Lucas? Uh, no. Was there something at the end? Well, um, yeah. At the very end, there was a piece of audio that I I'm assuming is Thurgood Marshall, um, kind of just generally speaking about the civil rights movement and equality um that was and i i can't remember the exact words he said but i do remember it being very moving and then there was a photo of him which again i'm assuming but i'm pretty sure it was him and his second wife and his two sons um so you know they in the end of the movie they kind of say you know thurgood marshall went on to you know yeah. argue these cases and then also become a Supreme Court justice. Um, but they didn't mm-hmm. really talk about like his family life that much. Yeah. Um, and that was like a prime element of this story was, you know, that he wanted kids and, um, right. <laughs> and so I think at the very end of the credits, just seeing that family photo, um, shows that he eventually did have kids, although not with Buster, she ended up dying. Yeah. Um, and he remarried and then had a family with his second wife. Um, but anyway, I thought that was just an interesting thing that they included at the very, very end. That if you really stuck around yeah. <laughs> and didn't go- Wikipedia him oh, immediately, yeah. you would get that confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say, I think my favorite thing in this movie is they do a, after um, after Joseph Spell gets it, gives his... I think his big speech on the stand mm-hmm. um, of what happened. There's a shot after like uh, Dan Stevens character basically asked to like strike his response from the record and they sit on James Cromwell's face, the judge for the longest time as he just like considers and like before giving his response of like, you know, that gets to stay on the record. But that is like, a if, if it feels like the longest shot in the world is it's probably like five seconds long, but James Cromwell did not do much in this movie. He like had a couple scenes, but that shot I thought was amazing. Just him sitting there debating with himself. Yeah. I thought absolutely. it was a fantastic performance. Right. Yeah, just um not a ton of motion on his face and yet no, you still yeah. really see the journey that's yeah. that's playing through that mind. Yeah. And the amount of time just to sit on him without cutting away to anybody else, I thought was so good. Right. But um, this is the first movie directed by Jacob and Michael Crossoff. Um, oh, sorry, never mind. It is not. The first movie directed by Michael Crossoff, Jacob Crossoff helped write Macbeth, um, the 2015 
film with Michael Fassbender and um, Marion Cotillard. Okay. I'm very curious about them. Yeah. <laughs> Who they are. and Because I've, I've never heard of them before. Are they siblings? Are they husbands? I don't know. Huh. But I'm very curious about these two people. The Krossoffs. Yeah, me too. The Koskoffs. Um, the Koskoffs. Yeah, I I would l- I'm interested to see what their next project is going to be because yes um you know I keep this movie I keep saying it's it's broad it's educational it's theatrical um, mm-hmm. a lot of reviews also claimed it's very much like a superhero story you know um, it has this main heroic character story there. yeah um, <laughs> and and. I'm not I'm not saying that I want a superhero movie from them, but I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. seeing another story in this style, you know, uh, about yeah. heroic figures, um, mm-hmm. whether they're biopics or not. Um, I think I think right now I, I love a good, complicated antihero. But in today's day and age, I think we're a little bit desperate for stories about good heroic people. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> and I think we, and we can have both. And um, these, I think these directors made a really great movie about a good heroic person. Um, and, and I liked watching it. So I would, I would love to see more storytelling like that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about real quick about how um, I felt Watching this movie that was about a rape trial, um, you know, it, it helps that, you know, when you go into this movie, you pretty much know that uh, Joseph Spell is probably going to be not guilty at the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can sense that that's the tone of this movie. Yeah. Um, and so you're already going into this mind with the idea that, okay, this rape probably didn't happen you know otherwise this what probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be the movie that they would be telling yep <laughs> <laughs> um and and that's an interesting thing to be thinking about because um so much of women's philosophy today and it's a philosophy that i subscribe to is that when a woman says that they've been raped your default should be to believe them um yeah and this is a movie that is specifically going against that. Um, yeah. And so I think it is very well handled in the way that it goes against that. Um, and one of the most beautiful ways it does that is early on in the movie, and I appreciated it so much and the fact that it was said so early in the movie, is that um, the wife of one of the characters tells Thurgood Marshall, you know, she's a, she's a little bit doubtful about whether or not this man, Joseph Spell is innocent. Yeah. Um, and he is just like, oh, you know, you, you doubt that he's innocent? And she goes, well, you know, a woman doesn't lie about rape for just any reason. And then it's paraphrased. Yeah. But um, yeah. I love that they had a woman specifically make that point, that mm-hmm. um, rape is not something that women just lie about just for any old reason that that's right. not something that women are just like haphazard about. Um, and that often women don't lie about it. Um, and so to have a woman, a female character make that point and for that to be a driving part 
of the story and the reason mm-hmm. why that they fi- they won the case. Um, I thought it was like a really beautiful way to handle this topic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there really aren't women characters in this movie. Like, we, like I feel like uh, Kate Hudson is not in this movie as much as as an actual character, more as just like a portrayal. Yeah. Um, in this movie, but she's not really a character here. Right. Um, the most of her screen time is in memories that we don't know how accurate they are you know like right exactly right um and so i i I think you're completely right to have and i thought it's an extremely smart move (laughs) to have that like part of the story of you know why would she lie about rape be kind of driven by by a woman um yeah and not by not by these these men lawyers (laughs) right but it is it's very interesting watching this movie after all of the Weinstein stuff and just like with that kind of all in the air of this is actually a movie where a woman did lie about rape yeah. and the kind of the reason behind it. Yeah. So. And, you know, like you said, this movie doesn't have a lot of female characters that are integral to the story that ha- that mm-hmm. that have a lot of character development or anything like that. Um it's a movie about these two male lawyers. Um, the, those are the two characters we really get to spend time with. But I appreciate this movie's attempts at still having a lot of female characters spread out throughout the movie. About having yes. that those um, appearances being made and having the time that they are on screen being important, you know? Um yeah. Whether it's the wife who says that to him at the beginning, whether it's Sophia Bush who kind of like mm-hmm. really awakens him and about what could have um, really happened in this case, whether it's his wife, you know, um, or you know, uh, or or even just like the appearance of Zora Neale Hurston in that one scene. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, having these female characters spread out throughout the movie and being integral to the story, um, I appreciate Definitely. a lot. Um, I thought Josh Gad's wife oh, in this movie, yeah. uh, whatever, I don't know who she is. Right. But, um, she she did a fantastic job, and she even had not a, not an arc, but she had I think more character <laughs> work done in this movie than you see in a lot of um, these kind of men centric biopics. Um, and I think, I think that's a really smart thing to kind of take away from this movie is you can have a movie that is the whole story is about men, um, but still use female characters as well. Um, not every, like, obviously not every movie has to be about women. Um, but when you do use women in a male centric movie, you can still use them well and, Mm -hmm. um, make them feel like real people and they don't have to, you know, have a full character arc or anything like that, but you can still, I don't know, make, make them, make them supporting characters, like make, make them real (laughs) as opposed to props for the men in the movie. That's a really great point. And, and the way to really think about that is, yes, you can tell a story about male characters. And mm-hmm. often the argument is, well, like, this is a movie based on something that happens in, in the 40s or whatever, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, women weren't lawyers. They weren't, you know, they weren't as influential. Or um, So, of course, the stories are going to be about men. That's a fine argument. But... Women still make up half the population, even in the 40s. So even though the main story might be about a male character, there are, I guarantee you, plenty of women in that person's life, in their workplace, in their home, um, 
in their social circle. And yep. those women matter just as much as the main figure. And they deserve to be a part of the story, even if they're not the main figure. Um, and their contributions as human beings in that person's life um, are just as important as all the contributions that they provided as a main story figure. Um, and so, yeah, I think the more and more we tell stories about history, we can't forget about the women who were also present because there are always, always, always women present in those stories. Yep. I, yeah, I'm glad that we saw this. I saw this trailer and I was so excited for it. Um, because Chadwick Boseman is just so magnetic in that trailer. Oh yeah. And he really just carried that through this whole movie. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Um, oh. Which makes me even more excited for Black Panther. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, th- watching this movie, Lucas, I knew that that was Chadwick Boseman. Like, intellectually, I knew that yeah. that was Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But there was a part of me that was like, wait a minute, is this the same Chadwick Boseman that's about to be in Black <laughs> Panther? Because yeah. he just fell so deeply into this role that I really did question myself for a second. Um <laughs> I just remembered one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I thought was like a really special moment. Um, this movie is, I say this movie is focused, but it does try to bring a lot of context for the times. Um, yeah. Especially with um, Josh Gad's character and him being Jewish. And uh, I was so surprised, but also moved by the really small moment where um, he and his wife begin speaking to each other in Hebrew. And it's alluded that she has family members during the war that have been like, I assume taken into a concentration camp or Mm -hmm. missing or, you know, affected by the Holocaust. Um, And uh, I just thought that that was such a really well done way of saying like, this is the time that this is happening in. And, Although this is a story about black civil rights, that like there's lots of battles going on. And that Mm -hmm. this character, Josh Gad, who at the very beginning of the movie is just, you know, kind of a boring white lawyer, um, is also, you know, having his own intimate struggles um Mm -hmm. and 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 that wasn't the focus of the movie and it didn't need to be the focus of the movie but i love that it was just that one line to put us into context yep yeah totally this is a movie that i'm wondering whether i my family would enjoy watching like over the holidays Mm -hmm. um this is a good family movie. I think. I think it would be i you know my dad is a history buff i think he would appreciate Uh that um i think yeah i i think that if if you're looking for a good family movie that's not like an animated movie or a Star mm-hmm. Wars movie, if you're a little bit tired of those, um, <laughs> I feel like so often when I go home for like Thanksgiving, we're like, let's all watch a movie. It's like, okay, well, I guess what kids movies are available? Like right. we're all adults yeah. and yet we're still mm-hmm. watching kids movies um, yeah. with when it, when we're all together. So this is like a really great alternative to that. It's, it's in a movie that a, is for adults. You know, it's not a, a G-rated movie, um, but it's still broad enough that I think mm-hmm. everyone in the family could appreciate it. Yeah. I think this is a perfect time for it to come out because, yeah, like I think most places it'll still be in theaters um, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it'll be, my guess is it'll be probably close to like VO, 
like rental on VOD and stuff like that around Christmas. Yeah. Um, which might be the perfect time for everybody to right. jump in on this movie. It's also great because by Thanksgiving, the theaters are going to probably be packed. The uh, like other opening Thanksgiving movies are going to be the ones yeah. that are packed. So if you can't yeah. get tickets for whatever, I don't know, whatever's coming out on Thanksgiving, um, Pitch Perfect <laughs> 3 or whatever, um, yeah. then go see Marshall with your family. Go, go yeah. to a less crowded theater and see this movie. All right. Um, well, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Sandra, where can we find you online? You can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can follow all of us, including Lawson, on Twitter at FeelingItPod. Um, leave us a review on iTunes or write us an email if you have any questions, concerns, um, advice, feedback, whatever. Um, you can email us at FeelingItPod at gmail.com. We will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 